Hi everyone and welcome to church. It's so good to be here with you the day after Christmas or whenever you are watching this. So let me be the last to say Merry Christmas and I hope you guys all are looking forward to 2022. We do have kind of an in-between Sunday here. So today we're going to be kind of doing a sort of a wrap up on 2021, talking about kind of the theme of this year that we've been talking about all year. And that's having a biblical worldview and how we look to God for everything that we do in our lives. And so we're going to get right into it and we're going to start in 2 Timothy chapter 2. So if you look in your Bibles, open up your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2, we're going to be starting in verse 11. And it says this, it says, this is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words, to no profit, to the ruin of their hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Hymenaeus and Philetus are of this sort, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. Let everyone who and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for another year gone by. It's been a whirlwind of a year, um, and we just thank you for it. We thank you for bringing us through another year, for all the things that you've taught us, all the things that we've learned, all the ways that we've grown, the changes that have happened. Lord, I just pray that today as we seek to know you better, and even as we move forward in life desiring to know you more, I pray that you would walk with us, that you would hold us close, and God, that we would truly see you for who you are and that we would be changed based on who you are. We love you and we thank you in your name. Amen. So today we're going to be talking about basically having a biblical worldview. It's the theme that we have tried to hit for a long time, but specifically this year and in the coming years, we're going to be trying and we strive to try to give everyone a biblical worldview. And, and so we're going to be talking about what a worldview is, how that works, why it's important, all these kinds of things. But really, it's important because all of the thoughts and decisions that we make on a daily basis in our lives, all of the opinions that we have, all of the emotions that we have, all the feelings that we have are based around our worldview. And so if you don't know what a worldview, a worldview is the way you believe or the way you act according to your belief structure. And so everyone whether they realize it or not, has a worldview. We as Christians want to have a biblical worldview. It's what guides our beliefs and how we make decisions. And, and we are people of the way or Christians. We, we make our decisions and allow all of our opinions, thoughts, and movements to be governed by one thing and one thing only, and that is the Bible, God's word. And you may ask why we do that. Well, if we believe that the Bible is the word of God, then we will obey it. It's kind of as simple as that. Joshua 1, 
verse eight says this. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe it to do according to all that is written in it. All that is written in it, everything. All is a pretty inclusive word. It means all. And so all that is written in it is what we are to obey and to observe. And we are to follow it to the letter. Not changing it, not taking away, not adding to, but following it. And the temptation we have sometimes is to make it more palatable. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But we are not to change the law of the Lord. We are not to change the word of God. If God is perfect and if he is God, then his word has to be perfect. And we are to just follow it. Colossians 3 verse 16 says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. There's this idea that we are to be memorizing scripture. We are to be reading scripture. It is to base everything we have and do should be based on scripture. We utilize scripture to shape our worldview and it becomes the filter through which we run every thought, opinion, or desire. That is what a biblical worldview does. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to read in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 a little bit more about this. In verse, starting in verse 3 of chapter 10, it says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against, uh, sorry, against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. There's this idea that we are to take every thought captive that we have. And so all of our opinions, all of our worldview, everything that we shape, everything that shapes us should be taken into captive in regards to scripture. It should be taken into consideration into scripture. There are so many people who do this backwards. They form an opinion, whether it be based on social media or the mainstream media or, or even just the way they were raised or whatever, they have their opinion, and then they filter their Bible through that opinion. How does the Bible line up with what I believe or what I want to believe? And that is backwards. They twist scripture to align with their personal views in order to try and make more God more palatable. Well, it, it, you know, the problem is, is the Bible references God as the potter. He is not God if he has to submit to our desires, if he has to submit to our hopes and dreams, if he has to submit to our demands, then he is not God. And so God is the potter. We are the clay. He is forming us into who he desires us to be. And the way he does that is through scripture. We don't get to try and water him down because it is not culturally appropriate or culturally um, accepted. He is above and transcends culture. And so having a biblical worldview means that we aren't filtering our opinions, sorry, we aren't filtering our Bible through our opinions, but the other way around. When we take scripture out of context, which is what you're doing when you try and make scripture say what you want it to say, to make it easier or more palatable. Well, that's called eisegesis. And eisegesis is 
taking out of the scripture what really isn't there in the first place. And so reading it out of context and reading little verses that that may say in the one verse, it may say what you want it to say, but it really truly isn't the intent or the context of that verse. If you can't tell already, eisegesis is not what you want to do with the scriptures. What we want to do is exegesis, which is taking out what's actually there and reading it in its full context. Every thought or opinion that we have should be filtered through the authority of scripture first. We don't have we don't have a solid biblical foundation if we cherry pick verses that fit our opinion for that day. My initial opinions don't always agree with God. My initial opinions on certain aspects of life are sometimes contrary to his word. And so what I have to do is I have to bring my opinion to the scripture and say, what does scripture say about this opinion? What does scripture say about this thing that, that I believe this way? If it lines up, great. If it doesn't, that's when I need to change. I bring them to the filter of scripture and then I change my opinion based on what scripture says, not on how I feel about it or how the general public feels about it. It matters what God has said, not what makes me most comfortable. Turn in your Bibles again. We're going to do a lot of this today. <laughs> Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, if you will. And we'll read the first two verses. It says in Romans chapter 12, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There's two words that I really want to focus in the, in these two verses. And the first one is sacrifice. We are to sacrifice our own desires to come into submission to his will. Again, we are pr to present our bodies a living and holy sa sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And even Jesus did this. We read in John chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus is speaking and he says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Even Jesus submitted his will and desire, not that it was imperfect anyway, but he submitted to the Father. We should take that as our example, and we should be submitting our will, our hopes, our dreams, our desires, our opinions, our thoughts to the will of the Father. And, and that is that sacrifice for some of us. Sometimes it is a painful thing, and we have to literally put it to death. We say, I say, often, that it's not about you. It's not about me. It is about God and his glory. And so that is sacrificing everything that the world tells us because the world tells us that we should be focused on, on self-help and self-motivation and self-improvement you know, and all these things. And while those things aren't in and of themselves bad, we need to be very clear that first we, we seek the glory of God. And then he adds all those other things to us. And we're going to read that more closely in just a minute. The second word in, in, uh, in Romans chapter 12, in these first two verses, is transformation. That's the second verse. Or sorry, the second, it is the second verse, but the second word. And it says this in, in the second verse of chapter 12. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We are not to look like the world at all, but we should be transformed into the likeness of God. And we do that 
through our thinking, through our worldview, through how we operate, because we are not called to be like this world. We are called to be holy. Leviticus talks about, Paul talks about it, Jesus talks about it. We are to be holy as God is holy. And so what that means is that we are set apart from the world. Not that we look like the world, act like the world, does, do the things that the world does. We are not to do any of those things. We're to put God first. And his desires, his rules, his commands come first. And that is how we have this, this biblical worldview that we're talking about. And look, these words, I understand it. Believe me, these not, words are not easy. They're not comfortable. They're not safe as far as sacrifice and transformation there are words that require me to change. And that is something that is very hard because a lot of times we want other people around us to change to fit our comfort level, to fit what we want them to look like, to fit how we would live our lives. That is not what we're talking about here. We are talking about changing to what God wants us to be. And truly, the only person that I can change is me. The only person that can change me is me other than God, but through the transforming of my mind. And now the way I do that in a holy and acceptable way is by opening up his word and looking into his word for my guidance and to be my path. If you jump down, because a lot of times we talk about these things and we talk about the transformation of our mind and the renewing of our mind and all these things. So jump down in Romans chapter 12, and we're going to read uh, starting in verse 9, we're going to read the rest of this chapter, but it's, it's kind of the answer to this question of, of how do I change or how do I have this transformation? And it says this, he says in, in verse 9 of chapter 12, let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will replay, repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink, for in doing so you will heap coals on, of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is how we transform ourselves. This is how we transform our mind. This is how God does it is what I should say, is when we follow this list of things, and believe me, there's a lot more than just this one list in the Bible, but when we follow these things, we actually start to see our entire lives change in a way that is glorifying God and honoring God, and we desire to please Him above all other things. And specifically in verse 18, I think that a lot of us need to remember this, where it says, if it is possible as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. I can't force anybody to live peaceably with me. There are people in this world that are going to dislike me. Believe me, there's a long line. But what I can do is I can live peaceably with them. 
I can love them. I can bless them. I can honor them. I can put their needs before my needs. And in doing so, is that difficult? Absolutely. Absolutely it's difficult, but it is worth it because in doing so, I get closer to Jesus Christ, who I am going to spend eternity with. You see, we forget that this life has a timer on it, and we are going to one day stand before God, and we are going to be with Him for eternity or separated from Him for eternity. And so we need to remember that when we are dealing with other people and how we live our day-to-day life. You see, everything that is God should come first in my life. This section, it really gives us our marching orders on how we're to live now that we follow Jesus. We are not to put our own desires above God's will. And again, we see that in John where we read with Jesus that even he came to do his Father's will. But we're to put everything he says first in our lives. If you turn in your Bibles once again to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 31. And Jesus is talking and he says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We are not to worry. We are not to fret. Because these are the things that the world seeks after. These are the things the the world worries about money. The world worries about status, symbols, whatever. We are to seek the kingdom of God first. Above all things, we are to seek closeness with God. And not only that, we're to do that before anything else in our lives. And that includes our relationships, our desires, our opinions, even our careers. We should be seeking the Lord first in all of these things because he is what matters more important than all of those things is God. So you might say, you know, the question that we hear often is, what, what does God have to say about this? Well, that should be a question that points us back to him in every aspect of our lives. We should ask, what does God have to say about this? Now, it's not that the Bible speaks to every single specific topic. Like, we, if, if you're a guy dating a girl and you feel like God is telling you to break up with her or you feel like you need to move on with her, it's not like you open up to Second Hezekiah chapter 4, verse 8 because you can't, because that's not a real Bible book anyway, but, and, and read about breaking up with your girlfriend. The Bible doesn't necessarily speak specifically to every situation, but what the Bible does do is the scriptures are full of wisdom, and this wisdom is what we use to help guide our decisions in life. We gain as much wisdom as we can, and then through that wisdom, we are able to make decisions because of our closeness with God and our understanding of his word and how he wants us therefore to live our lives. Psalm 119 says this uh, in, in verse 105. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Scripture gives us that wisdom and we use that wisdom to guide all of our decisions, everything that we do in life. And so does scripture speak specifically on breaking up with a girlfriend or a boyfriend? No, not really. But 
in how we break up with that person or how we move on from that person or what we do in that situation. The scripture is full of wisdom on how to treat others and how to love others and how to minister to others even that are in pain. And, and these are the things that we do when we go forward in that specific situation. God's word is more than a history book to be read at our leisure, uh, which most people don't do. Uh, it is the one thing in the world that will never fade, as Isaiah 40, uh, verses 6 through 8 says, and it is able to change us spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. Listen what the author of Hebrews has to say in chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God cuts through everything. It cuts through everything. It is it is powerful and living, as Hebrews says, and we are to open it and read it as such. Every time I read through the Bible, something new pops out. Every time I work through the Bible, God has something new to say to me. And we deny its power because we don't open it often. And so as a people who claim to follow God, we must allow his word to change us to be more active and alive. We need to be more like him. To do that, we, uh, to do that, we must read his word. The world should not change us. And this is, this is a hard one for a lot of people. The, the world should not influence how we live our lives. The, the social justice or the social injustice or the hot button issues uh, should not change us. Only the word of God should change how we live. All of those other things may be good, but good things do not supersede God or his word. Good intentions do not supersede God or his word. I may have opinions on, on Black Lives Matter or gay rights or abortion or COVID or women's rights or other religions or my rights or freedoms or laws or whatever may be going. I may have opinions on all of these things. And let's face it, every human being does have opinions on all of these things. And those opinions may or may not be good opinions, but my views or opinions on those things do not supersede God's word and his guidance on those topics. Instead, his word should be used to define how I view them. That is what it means to have a biblical worldview, is when I have these opinions, when I have these views, when I have these thoughts, I bring them to the Word of God and I see what Jesus has to say. I see what God has to say and how I deal with those, how I deal with the orphans and the widows, how I deal with the people that disagree with me and that I disagree with, how we interact with one another and how I show them love. That is what I learned from scriptures and those define who I am and how I work and how I operate. And that is what a biblical worldview is. As we follow Christ, our goal should be to always seek His will above our own. We tend to get very opinionated about things and we filter our Bible through those opinions as opposed to filtering our opinions through the Bible. We try and make the Bible say what we want it to say so that we can justify yelling at that person or, or belittling that person or berating that person. 
we try to use scripture to back us up. And really, we should be letting scripture speak for itself. And we should be studying scripture. We should be looking at what God has to say. We should be forming our opinions based on what God has to say. And God is not a God of confusion. He's a God of order. God will, will not leave us in the lurch here if we study his word and grow closer to him. And that's why it's so imperative that when we choose a church or when we go to a church or when we listen to a pastor, that we are doing what the Bereans did with Paul. If you read in Acts, the Bereans, once Paul gave them the gospel messages and sermons, they would take those things home and study them. They would study what the scripture says to see if Paul was on the level to see if Paul was just saying words or if he was truly speaking the word of God. And that's how we should be. But we, we don't live in that kind of a culture. We live in a very fast food, I want it now society. And we trust that the people who are put in front of a camera on our, on our television screen or computer screen or phone screen or whatever screen you're sitting in front of, we trust that those people are telling us the truth, and we don't do our homework oftentimes. And that's irresponsibility on our end, yes, and it's irresponsibility on that person's end as well, because hopefully I'm giving you guys truth. I mean, I like to think that what I'm saying is truth, but everyone should be checking me. Everybody should be reading their Bible. And when we give you scripture to go read, when we give you the home group guides to go study, these are things that allow you to grow closer to the Lord in your relationship with him so that you can have a better relationship with him. We don't filter the Bible through our opinions. We filter our opinions through the Bible. Don't let your Bible be social media. Don't let it be something, some very eloquent speaker. Don't let your Bible be a, a person or an event or something like that. Let your Bible be the Word of God. Let it be the Holy Bible and find out how you view your world through this lens. Open up the Word of God and seek His kingdom and seek it first, His will and His desire for your life and enter into a life-changing relationship with Him. It is so imperative, and that is why we come to church. It's why we do these things. We encourage people to serve at church. We, we encourage them to get involved in life groups or home groups. We encourage them to get involved in classes or events. And yes, it's because we are to fellowship with one another. That is part of that truth. But it's also because it's through discipleship and fellowship that with other believers that a solid and true and beneficial biblical worldview can form. That is how we get this worldview, is through community with one another, sharpening each other's swords, disagreements, and talking about certain things with each other. It is so important and imperative that we do these things, that that is why we do this. That is why we do church. It is our job to equip you guys to go and have that biblical worldview in this rough world that is out there so that when people have questions, you can answer them. You can not be ashamed, as 2 Timothy says, rightly dividing the word of truth, rightly defining his word so that you can encourage someone else to come alongside of Jesus and walk with him. Let me encourage you with this. 
as you walk forward and learn what it means to have a biblical worldview, don't deny the Bible in that process. And by deny, I don't mean disagree with. I mean, don't let it sit on your shelf collecting dust. Self-help books and Christian living books and books on how to be a better person are fine. That's great. Please read those books. But don't read them at the cost of reading this book. This is the most important book that you will ever read in your life. And everything that you do and say and all of the thoughts you have and opinions you have should be filtered through what this book has to say. First and foremost. So as this new year comes around, as we gear up for more <laughs> new beginnings, let me encourage you to find one of those home groups or find a discipleship group or find a way you can serve at church or find a class or do a class or host a group or do these things. Contact us if you want to do that because we need to have these kinds of things to be sharpening each other's swords, not just for the community aspect of it, but because we need to have a closer biblical worldview to what God wants us and how he wants us to live. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this time that we've had, this quick, quick time that we've had. I pray that you would just bless us as we go forward and as we try to experience you more intimately. Lord, and, and I know how hard it is to change our mind. I know how hard it can be to die and to sacrifice and to be transformed. It's not always easy, but Lord, it is always worth it. And so I pray for the person that's thinking about this right now and struggling with should I or shouldn't I. Lord, I pray that you would help them understand that you are with them. You are with us. As we go through this, we're not doing it alone. We're doing it with the God of the universe who created it all and knows all from beginning to end either way. And so Lord, please bless us as we move forward in hopefully gaining a right relationship and a right knowledge of you. Lord, if there's questions, I pray that they would be asked. If there's answers, I pray that they would be biblical and given. And Lord, as we, as we seek to know you better, I pray that you would just give us the grace to know that you love us. In your holy name we pray.